Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. to Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and it is a sunny day at Camp Good Dog. I worked the whole day down at the kennel in the rain and the muck and the cold and the clouds, and now that I'm on the radio inside in the radio studio, it's a sunny day at Camp Good Dog, which just, oh, I can't wait to get back out in it. I'm watching my goats graze, and I had a bunch of dogs out today, and uh, remembered, was reminded of a dog I used to have, a Wheaton Terrier. And the best name for a Wheaton Terrier I think I've ever heard. They called him Griffin. You know, like those magical characters that look just like Wheaton Terriers? Good name. Anyway, the people have a new dog that comes here. And I had to tell them, I said, you know, the screaming, your dog is such a character. When he gets excited, he just screams and screams and screams. It's unbelievable. It doesn't even sound like a dog. It's, it sounds almost like an animal who you've stepped on it or a, or a squeaky machine or a door that needs greasing or something. And they said they'd never heard that. He'd never made that sound at home. Well, he makes it here in greetings whenever he sees me. He also leapt into my arms when I went to go get him for the people. And he doesn't do that at home either. <laughs> so, so sometimes your dogs act differently when they're out of your sight. That's why we take the pictures and we put them on Facebook so you can see them. If you want to find me or anything I'm talking about today, I've made it simpler for you. I've made my website really short and easy. It's Deb Wolf, like my name. D-E-B-W-O-L-F-E dot C-A. You do that, C-A is for Canada, debwolf.ca. You do that and bingo, you get all that I'm doing, including pictures of all these cute dogs like the new Husky who loves to climb fences and jump. Not to go anywhere, just because. Okay, so today we have on the show two guests with us, Dr. Mia Carey and Adrian Hoxted, and they're coming to us to represent something we've never talked about before. Uh, this is um, a Veterinary Innovation Council, and, um, well, it's something we've never talked about here, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, which one of you, uh, whoever wants to take the lead, please tell us what this is all about, NAVC. What, what is that about, please? Sure. So the North American Veterinary Community, which you'll often hear referred as NAVC, um, we have more than 30 years of experience in veterinary industry, and we actually started out as a conference, an annual conference for veterinarians and veterinary professionals. Um, We have about 16,000 that attend our conference every January, and we're evolving from that annual conference to offering all kinds of services and education to veterinary professionals and staff and practice managers year-round. And uh, what's your association with this, Adrian? Well, um, the uh, NABC Industry Services is a new division, and we'll be offering association management services to veterinary organizations. And, of course, the, um, the other focus that um, um, I will be having is to help launch the Veterinary Innovation Council that we'll be talking um, about um, here shortly. 
Okay, so what does all this mean? Veterinary innovation. I mean, oh, we, we have such a, an assortment of vets. I guess I'll ask you, Dr. Mia, um, Dr. Mia Carey on the line with us today, representing this new concept, Veterinary Innovation Council. Uh, you know, we have all these vets. We all know that. You have your traditional guy, and then you have your alternative person, and, and maybe you have your homeopathic or your holistic or your uh, hybrid approach. I mean, what are you offering for us that we don't already have? It seems like we have a lot of choice, maybe too much choice sometimes. Well, you know, Deborah, that's what we're going to help with. So this whole Veterinary Innovation Council, you also hear it referred to BIC, is all about uh, looking to the future, and it's all about um, creating transformative change. So we, we really see an unmet need, even though you're right, there's a lot of excellent veterinarians out there, a lot of options, but we see a need for an organization that works together, that works collaboratively, works industry-wide, and really focuses on positive change to push the envelope for innovation solutions really across all professional boundaries. So our agenda at NABC really is the profession, and we want to focus on innovation and transformative change to take our industry to the next level. If I, if I may add, um, we expect the Veterinary Innovation Council uh, to be composed of the brightest minds in the profession with diverse perspectives and expertise to listen to, identify, and tackle global challenges facing the industry for the greater good. It's about action, implemented, targeted, transformational change where everyone wins. Exactly. Well, that we have to go to break. That has been Dr. Mia Carey and Adrian Hoxted explaining to us all about the NAVC. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the naughty cat. Can you train your cat? Yes, you can. Yes, you don't have to just live with the bad cat or the bad habit or the naughty kitty. The destructive maybe seems aloof, maybe seems aggressive, maybe seems nasty cat or the cat who just will go everywhere but the litter box. You don't have to live with that or get rid of the cat. Those aren't the only options. So stay tuned and um, we'll be talking a little bit about cats and uh, a lot about massage. Stay tuned on Smart Animal Talk, All Plus Pet Talk Radio. I'm your doggy, and I love you, and you know that I really do. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health.
Hey, pet lovers, listen up. You can now bring your pets with you everywhere you go. That's right. Handmade, personalized jewelry featuring a photograph, yes, a photograph of your loving pet. Dew's Jewelry offers bracelets, necklaces, keychains, and more. This beautiful jewelry not only makes a wonderful gift, but it's also a special way to memorialize a pet that has passed away. You have to see this. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.dewsjewelry.com. I'm going to spell it out for you again. www.dewsjewelry.com. Once again, that is D-O-O-S Jewelry. D-O-O-S-Jewelry.com. Hop online and order your personalized jewelry today. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. No more fleas and no more ticks with the No More Tick Spray. All natural, non-toxic, and even safe enough for you to use on yourself. It smells great. You have to try it. It really works. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.nomoreticks.com. Once again, nomoreticks.com. Your pet will love you for it. Go to nomoreticks.com. Hey, pet lovers. This is something I want to share with you. Canine massage. Yeah, learn how to massage your dog with Dr. Sue Furman. Check out Dr. Furman's online classes for the benefits of massaging your dog. Help make your dog healthy. This is where I want you to go. HolisticTouchTherapy.com a healthy dog is a happy dog. I'll repeat her website. You go to holistictouchtherapy.com. Learn how to bond with your best friend and pet with purpose. back. Um, I have a question for Dr. Mia. Sure. Um, so Mia, how will uh, the Veterinary Innovation Council focus on positive change in the industry? Excellent. Well, you know, we plan on working to promote solutions that will en- enhance animal health for really all pet owners. So just like Deborah was mentioning Griffin, um, we want pet owners, veterinary professionals, and the animal health industry to really work together as a whole. Um, And as with any profession, you know that there are many elements that are positive and also some areas that need a little bit of attention. On the positive side, when we're talking about veterinarians, we know that they care about their clients, they care about their patients, and that's obvious across the board. It's a warm, caring profession focused on doing really what's right for all involved. A huge part of VIC 
the Veterinary Innovation Council is innovation. And innovation is an element within our profession that actually needs a little attention. We plan to help our veterinary colleagues better differentiate risk versus opportunity, and instead of fearing innovation, to really embrace it. Sounds good. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Oh, so you much. too. I so miss some of the good stuff. What are you even talking about? Oh, can you do can you do like a Cole's notes of what I missed? Just like a little tiny summary. Absolutely. So all that you missed, Deborah, was that we, you know, kind of what's the whole positive change focus for the Veterinary Innovation Council? And it's really about that, focusing on innovation, because that's something that our profession needs a little bit of help with. You know, we're really good about the caring part. We're really um, good about creating a warm atmosphere for our clients and really providing quality care. But that innovation being cutting edge in what we offer, um, that's, that's really what we were just talking about. And then Adrian was gonna was getting ready to share some of the key areas that the Vic Group is going to focus on. So Adrian, do you want to go there? Yes, thank you. If I may, um, the council will um, will be established soon. But even before that time, uh, we expect the council uh, will work on initiatives that will probably include enhancing the value of veterinary technicians um, as well as telemedicine standards. Um, you know, many pet owners don't realize the vital role of the veterinary technician and the team within the veterinary practice, and we hope to highlight their role um, as veterinary nurses. You know, on the telemedicine issue, there's incredible untapped potential if the utilization of applications and tools that allow more pets quality health care. Um, and, and I'm sure that the council will identify specific initiatives that we'll be announcing soon, as soon as we get, uh, get working. Um, and we do intend to have some results and some outcomes very, very soon. Excellent. Um, so Adrian, who's sitting here with me, and we've all heard a little bit from, he really has a fantastic background. He spent 10 years serving as the American Veterinary Medical Association's Assistant Director of State Relations. Um, he has uh, many years of experience with various associations. He is also a certified association executive. He has a law degree, and he's worked for the American Bar Association. So I thought what would be nice, Adrian, if you wanted to share a few of the goals that you have as it relates to Vic on a more personal level? Well, certainly. And, you know, I've spent the last 10 years working on many of the same issues that the council is going to consider. So I'm very excited. I think this is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to increase access to health care for, for pets and improve how services are going to be delivered to consumers. There's, um, like, you know, we said, untapped potential here, uh, use of technology, use of the veterinary technician team, um, to provide better health care and more health care to, to more animals. It, it's going to be a real win-win situation, and um, I can't wait to get going, um, and I can't wait to tell the world all of the wonderful <laughs> initiatives we're going to have. And like I said, we're going to have a few more details as soon as we get the council um, to get together and, and specify you know, some of the details that we'll be working on. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, one of the questions that we're already starting to receive is, well, how does the VIC mission align with NAVCs and how do the two organizations fit together? Um, and I think the alignment is, is perfect because really at the end of the day, it's all about supporting and giving back to the veterinary profession. Um, both organizations are nonprofit, and our goal is really to provide high-quality education for veterinarians and veterinarian staff and adding to that these innovation solutions that the VIC is going to come up with 
then we can really leverage these as a profession to provide the best health care possible for our patients at a cost that these pet owners can really afford. So that's very exciting for us. And, and Mia, um, can I ask you, can you comment on um, what, what could pet owners do to be part of the positive changes that the Veterinary Innovation Council is going to represent? Yeah, absolutely, because we all want to be part of the positive change, right, regardless of what we're talking about. And we encourage pet owners to talk to the veterinarians, you know, tell them what's important to them about that relationship, about their pet's health care, and really leverage that relationship with their local veterinarian and their staff so that they feel comfortable that their pet is receiving the care that they, as, as a pet owner, expect them to be provided. And really, we've talked earlier about this warm, caring profession that the veterinarians um, are within, and it's one of the many, many rewards of our profession, the strong relationship between the veterinarian, the veterinary staff, and the pet owner, and we really want the pet owners, our clients, to take advantage of that. In terms of the VIC, I want to go back to that just for a minute, Adrian. in terms of your role. What do you see as the next visible steps that those in the greater veterinary community can, would see in terms of the VIC launch? Yes, we're in the process of selecting the founding members of the VIC team and finalizing the initial target projects. Um, I'm sure the veterinary community and pet owners and consumers will continue to hear more about the VIC in the upcoming months as we build up to the full-scale launch, which will occur at the NABC conference in Orlando in January. Excellent. Good, good, good. Well, one of the things that we didn't spend much time talking about was the new division within NABC called Industry Services. So can you tell us a little bit about the new industry services and association management aspects that the NABC is going to offer the profession? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, yes, NABC Industry Services is a new division, and uh, we're going to provide all aspects of association management, including strategic planning, governance, accounting, membership, and, and management. Um, we're also going to offer associations um, complete conference management. Of course, that is the NABC's core competency going way, way back, um, including site selection, contracts, marketing, uh, registration. And furthermore, we will offer ancillary services, such as scientific program development and custom publishing. All of this furthers the NABC mission of providing better care for animals everywhere by focusing on the bigger picture and helping those veterinary associations do their job. Excellent. Well, and I think all of this might be a little bit mumbo-jumbo to a pet owner, but know that the NABC and the VIC initiatives are all about serving the veterinary profession and ultimately serving the pet owners that are out there across the U.S. and, and really globally as well. So it's obvious that we're passionate about what we do, and we think pets rock and vets rock, and we appreciate being here today. And, and uh, yes, I, I couldn't agree more. We really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to talk about the NABC and the Veterinary Innovation Council. Obviously, you can tell we're very excited about um, while we're entering here. It's going to be a, a really, a, hopefully, an age of transformation for how services are delivered. Well, that has been a packed segment, and we've just been talking about the NAVC. So now you know all about that, thanks to Dr. Mia Carey and Adrian Hoxted. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Stay tuned, everybody. We're going to be talking about petting with purpose. Yes, and I'm not talking about a sex show. I am talking about canine massage. In fact, canine massage for older dogs in particular, plus some crazy, wacky animal laws we found out about. 
So stay tuned. We've got a very special guest ahead. I'm going to surprise you on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Pet lovers, listen up. I would like to introduce you to Lenstatin. If your pet has failing eyesight due to cataracts, then you need to check this out. Lenstatin, the world's only cataract protection developed by Dr. Scott Tunis, board-certified ophthalmologist and a nationally recognized expert in cataract surgery. Lenstatin, a human source supplement made right here in the USA that you can even use for yourself. For more information, go to lenstatin.com. That's L E N S T A T I N Lenstatin.com. If you tell them that all paws sent you, you will receive 10% off their already low prices. So go to Lenstatin.com today. Your pet will thank you. Hey, pet lovers. Are your cats giving you problems? Well, we have a solution for you. Contact Dr. Marcy Koski. She is a certified feline trainer and behaviorist with more than 20 years' experience. She specializes in helping cat lovers whose out-of-control cats are turning their lives and homes upside down. Go to her website, FelineBehaviorSolutions.com. Her site is www.FelineBehaviorSolutions.com. She will help you locally as well as long distance. Contact her now. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Gerard Lariat, creator of the best aromatherapy pet care, has something great for your pets. All natural and 100% biodegradable products recommended by veterinarians. It comes in five distinctive scents for shampoos, sprays, and candles, and it will help your pet relax and have plenty of energy at the same time. This is what I want you to do. Go to puppyprimp.com. That is P-U-P-P-Y-P-R-I-M-P.com. Puppyprimp.com. Your pet will love you for it. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Preen Pets, 100% Natural dog treats made and sourced in the USA. Positively no chemicals and no additives. Treats, sticks, and bones made with chicken, fish, pork, turkey, beef, and vegetables. Wow, and vegetables. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.preenpets.com. That is P-R- E-E-N-P-E-T-S dot com. Give your furry children the best nutrition for a long and healthy life. Go to preenpets.com. Your pets will love you for it. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. New health equals new life by giving your pets a 100% natural jerky treat using 100% human-grade ingredients, family-owned, made, and sourced in the USA. No chemicals, no additives, high in protein, and grain-free limited ingredients jerky treats. 
this is what I want you to do. Go to www.newhealthpet.com. Turkey, chicken, wow, chicken, an apple, and sweet potato jerky treats for your dog. Created to be high in vitamins and minerals, but low in fat. Incredible. Just go to newhealthpet.com. Once again, newhealthpet.com. Your pet will love you for it. on Old Paws Pet Talk Radio. And as promised, a very special guest, Dr. Sue Furman is back on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm going to sit back and relax and and try and think about my body and maybe tense my muscles and then relax them. Okay, but dogs, dogs can't do that for themselves, can they? No, they can't, and so that's why it's nice if we help them out with a little massage. Dogs do love to be touched, and uh, I think anybody who has a dog knows how much dogs really like to be touched and felt, and they like their your hands on them. So if you put your hands on them with a purpose when you massage, then you can really, really help them relax, and especially if you're dealing with a senior dog. Dogs of any age can use massage. They absolutely love it whether they're a puppy or a really active athletic dog or when they get to be their senior years. But I thought today maybe we'd talk a little bit more about how to help our senior buddies out. Well, yeah, I think it gets overlooked at all. So you can, you know, a lot. So you can start with puppies um, and you know your puppy wants to be touched and your dog, your cat, they rub against you. They kind of show you where they want to be touched. Is it that simple? Are we, should we be touching your dog where he's, asking to be touched, or maybe does he need it more on the spots he's avoiding? Well, I think um, if you do it in a systematic manner like we do with canine massage, we actually sort of start at their nose and work over their face and head and back through their neck and chest and then along their trunk and tummy till we get to their loins. And in the meantime, we also don't forget to do their legs on the way, their front legs and then their back legs. And they really enjoy that, and uh, it's a very systematic thing. And if they roll over in the middle of the massage, it's like, fine, I'll just work on the other side for a while. Eventually, you can do the whole dog, Mm -hmm. and they love it. Okay, well, you know, puppies are easy to touch. Sometimes they nip you if they're not used to it, so you kind of have to hold them down a little bit and get them used to it a little bit at a time. Is that the correct way to go if you've got a puppy that's a little too wired up or maybe just maybe it's a rescue puppy and it's just not used to it? How, how do you sort of start this kind of well, interaction? Well, a rescue puppy, you know, they, sometimes you get a puppy, especially a rescue puppy, they have never known nice touch from a person. Right. You know, maybe they've only known some not-so-nice touch from a person. So you just have to go very slowly and gain their confidence. Talk quietly. Put your hands on them quietly. You don't even have to massage so much as just move your hands gently from one place to another until they get used to you and realize, hey, people can touch me in nice ways too. And then you can move on to something more systematic after that. I like to go a, a little bit at a time when a dog's afraid of something so or a cat. 
you know, I'll just touch them briefly and then stop and then again and then stop and then again and until they kind of want it. Do you, do you find that's yeah. a good way to go? Yeah. I mean, you have to let them know you're not overwhelming them, you know. Uh, you want to touch them a little and maybe just move your hand slowly to another place or gently take your hand away and then put it back a little bit later until they know that you're not a threat that you're a nice person, not, not, a, not a scary person. And that's how you gain their confidence. And with it cats, they like really it. don't like to be sort of smothered. They're little, and they don't like to be hugged, smothered, made uh, feel like they can't get away. So uh, with a cat, when you touch it a little and then pull back, it almost always comes toward you. That's, that's a key to letting it know you, you know, you want more? And it says, yes, I want more. So... Um, with uh, this is the kind of thing you do with dogs that are shy. What about the dogs? And I'm thinking of the typical uh, golden retriever. I have one right now staying at the kennel because uh, I run a boarding kennel, Camp Good Dog. And one one of our charges: if you touch her, she is so exuberantly receptive that I mean, you're going to break your fingers almost. Like she just goes into this over the top, throwing herself at you, throwing herself on the ground, wriggling. And I mean, very joyful. I'll give her that. But it would be very difficult to give a dog like that a massage. So what, what do you do when you get a real hyper dog in for massage? Well, when you get a really hyper dog, you have to be unhyper. You have to stay quiet and calm and just let them do their jumping and frolicking. And they hopefully will settle and come to you for pets when they realize you're not coming to them trying to overtake their exuberance um, they're going to want you to touch them and eventually they're going to realize the only way they're going to get touched is if they settle down a little bit and are quiet so that you can easily you know just pet them even and um, if you stay as excited as they are it's going to be a losing battle it's so tricky because it's very contagious, this kind of thing, the energy and the mood. Um, and if you've got kids around especially, you know, then they just think it's so funny and now everybody's wrestling. I would suggest to people, if you've got a hyper dog, then stage this. You want to try a massage on your hyper dog, run your dog first, right? Wouldn't that make sense? Make it tired oh, first. Oh, yeah, you definitely. A, a tired dog, if it's exuberant in that sense, is much easier to deal with than a dog that just got up and is full of so much energy, it just doesn't know what to do with itself. Okay, so at the other end of the spectrum, we've got the sore, achy, hard-to-get-up dogs. I have a 12-year-old golden retriever myself who, even today, uh, was sticking her head all the way under the pond trying to find sunken sticks because I decided it was too cold and didn't want to throw sticks for her. So off she went, you know, and she gets herself just so cold and so wet. And I try to dry her off and I try and give her warm beds and I try and give her a massage. But you know, she's got to be hurting at her age. And uh, years ago, she had one of her, I guess you could say breasts, one of her breasts removed at the back of her because it had a funny thing on it, like a lump, like a woman might get. But, you know, the vet decided it wasn't looking too good and it should come off. So she's a little bit lame on that side. You can see it's a little tight where they took a lot of tissue out. Um, it wasn't cancerous, but it was a big tumor and it had spread. So they took quite a bit of muscle tissue out. So she's a little bit lame on the one back leg, but her headspace says, fetch, 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 fetch. And uh, she lives on a five-acre farm, so the poor girl's always sore. So 
for her and all the elderly dogs out there who may be at five, six, seven, eight are already showing these signs of hard to get up after a long nap, you know, creaky jo- joints. What, what do you do for them? Well, just I, I would do a lot of stretching with those dogs to increase their flexibility. You know, just like we people, not you, but me, we get a little older and we're not quite as flexible as we used to be. And it happens the same way with the dog. And stretching is just wonderful for that because it increases their range of motion. It makes them more flexible. And it also helps them stay more positive. It really gives them a better sense of mind. Uh, when they are stretching, um, and it relieves a lot of the pain. It increases their energy level and so on. And there are a lot of stretches that you can do that are very simple because the dog does all the work. For instance, you can use a treat and get a dog to just look up. He can be sitting down or standing up. Get him to raise his nose way up for that treat and hold that a few seconds, and we call that I just call it look up because they're looking up. But that right. stretches all of those muscles along the chest and the back. Or Oh, nice you, one. Yeah, this is like yoga for dogs. I'm getting it. it okay. Yes, I have, I've taught a yoga class for dogs before, but you can stand then on the side of the dog, get the, get the treat in front of his nose, hold your knee so he can't go in a circle. You just want to stabilize his hips. Get him to reach his nose around towards his hindquarters. That stretches all those muscles along the back and his sides. And then, of course, you want to do it both ways. You want to stretch the other side, too. And those are marvelous stretches to really help a dog stay flexible. And you don't have to really know any canine massage to do that. They're canine massage moves, but it's not like you have to do a lot of serious study to do these simple uh, massage moves that make the dog so much more flexible. Or you can reach your hand up under between his front legs, get his attention with a treat, get him to stretch way down and put his nose between his front legs. And you've stretched almost all the do- the big major muscles on the dog with those three stretches, and it really keeps them much more flexible. And you can do that two or three times a day. They think you're playing. They think it's a treat. This is fun. And you know that you're working with them to really help them uh, increase their flexibility, their range of motion, and just makes them much healthier. It puts their mind in a much better place, too. They Mentally, they're more alert, and they're having a good time. It's just a wonderful uh, treat to do with the dogs. Okay, I want to recap with you. So the first one is you hold the treat above him. He's in standing position, and he stretches sort of out in front without jumping up. Is that number one? Well, yeah, you, you just, without jumping Get him up, to look up reach, without jumping, all four feet on the floor. Yeah. yeah, all four feet. Or you can even be sitting if you want. That reminds me of the yoga one that's named after the cat, isn't it? No, or is that downward dog? No, I can't remember. It's one, it's a dog or cat one that's like that one. Okay, so that's one. Two was, I didn't quite understand. Okay, so the, is okay, the dog you, standing for number two, and you put your yes, legs on either side of him, so it's between your you legs? Stand next to him. Yeah, you, you stand, stand next, next to him. him. Okay. Oh, I see. You stand on the side. You're bending him towards, so his hips don't just move. I get it. And then you, you okay, so you it. stand next to him. He's on all fours, and you just sort of show him the treat, so he has to curve his front half around toward his rear. Yeah, and, and then you do it on the other side. The, yeah, and then do it on the other side. 
And okay, no, and then the it. last one, this one I really didn't get. What was the, what was the okay. last one? The dog, the dog is standing. Yeah. You're going to get down and reach between his front legs up towards okay. his chest, towards okay. his nose. And once he sees the treat, then you bring it down. So he has to bring his nose down between his front legs. So you're stretching all the other back muscle, muscles in a different direction than they were laterally. He's reaching way down between his paws. And you hold that and uh, for a while. So having done those three stretches, you can uh, literally work all of the major muscles in the dog's body uh, for his whole trunk and neck and, and chest. And that is so good for their range of motion and their flexibility. The only problem I have with it is the second... No, the first one where you hold the treat above the dog's head and nose. Got to be careful. If you hold it too far back, your dog's going to sit because that's how we teach them to sit. So we, well, <laughs> make sure okay. you hold it nice and out front. That's the first one. And the second one I think works fine. The third one, your dog may lie down because many, many people have taught their dog to lie down with a treat on the floor. So you may have to teach him the word stand and show him that this is slightly different than the usual lie down. In fact, you could do one, then the other, one, then the other, sort of like a burpee if your dog's up to that. So that kind of brings me to my next question, which is those were three quite light stretches, and your dog's going to show you, right? You, you don't do the extreme stretch. You first, I guess, when you're getting to know this, if your dog has been inactive or is kind of overweight or old and hasn't stretched for a while, I guess you're going to suggest that they go easy, right? H how do we... How do we not overdo it, and how do we start slow? What's the way to go if you've got a, a fat corgi that doesn't have a lot of flexibility and he's over 10? How do you take it easy? He, he's only going to go as far as he can go. And I mean, you know, okay. I, had my, I had an Irish wolfhound that used to be able to reach around and almost set her nose on top of her tail. She was so limber. But that's very unusual. Usually you get a dog that's just going to go to his side a little bit, especially if you have a fat corgi, um, you know, and you just make them go as far as it's comfortable for them. And they're still working those muscles as much as they can. And maybe little by little, if you do this over a period of time, they'll start stretching a little farther and a little farther. Okay, so we're talking with Dr. Sue Furman, and we're talking all about massage for dogs. It can be used on cats, too. I'm sure it's been used oh, on... Yeah, yeah. On humans as well, but we're sticking with the animals today. Uh, we're talking about the old dogs, and I want to make sure people understand this should not be a gluttonous opportunity. You don't take a big, fatty, heavy-duty treat and give that as the reward for the stretch, right? That, that wouldn't quite work. It's no, like eating a bag of chips be a... because you, you did a yoga stretch. No, it should be a tiny little treat, just enough to get their attention. Um, you know, you don't want them standing there chewing and chewing and chewing. You just want a little treat that gets their attention and they can have. Uh, they know they got something special, but it's it's a tiny bit of uh, cookie or whatever. So when I stretch, um, if I stretch regularly, which I'm bad about, I work out more than I stretch. I should stretch after all my workouts. Is that important? You know, how, how do we factor in with the dogs? What if your dog... Uh, goes for a long walk. Should you stretch before, after, both? Um, how do you know I when would, it's too much or just enough? I would stretch a little before and a little after. You know, you see, you watch human athletes 
professional athletes, they always stretch before they start a competition. And they usually stretch after they finish. And it's the same for the dogs. It just kind of gets your muscles back to where they need to be before you start and when you end. So, so stretching is a good is a good thing for fitness and for older dogs. But what about massage? Is massage uh, something to do for your dog before you take it for a walk or after, before bedtime or or in the morning? Like when's when's the most therapeutic? Well, it depends on the problem with the dog. If your dog has some kind of a problem or not. But if it's a you know fairly healthy dog, it really doesn't matter. I usually like to massage. Sometimes dog likes to curl up after a massage and go to sleep. But I generally massage them and then take them at least on a brief walk after the massage because usually you find you have moved so many fluids around in their body, they probably have to go lift a leg. So you want to get them outside pretty quickly and then offer them water. And uh, you don't have to walk, you know, miles and miles, but you could take a short walk around the yard and back. Okay. Now, what about uh, drinking? Do they drink more? I know if I get a good massage, I'm, I do drink more water after. I'm thirsty. How about dogs? Should, do they need more? They need more water. You should encourage them to drink, definitely. Because the massage releases a lot of toxins in the body when you're working those muscles. And so you need the fluid to help increase the blood volume, go through the kidneys, get those toxins out of the body. They definitely, just like people, need to drink more after a massage. So do dogs. And you just have to keep make sure they have fresh water available. You can't. You can lead a horse or a dog to water, but you can't make them drink. But you certainly ha- can have it available for them if they need it. So I don't know uh, if um, massage for companion pets is a, a growing field right now, and uh, you should be looking maybe somebody to do the body work for you or you might want to buy one of my books or take a simple course somewhere and work with your own dog and teach yourself some body work and how to work with your dog. Uh, Just like you said, your one golden had the tumor removed and now is a little stiff in the hind leg because they took out so much tissue. Body work can also break down adhesions in the dog's body uh, where damaged muscles can heal better and improve their range of motion. So there are lots of reasons you want to do massage for a dog. Um, Besides just the flexibility and range of motion, you can address a whole host of problems. Older dogs get arthritic. That's why some of your dogs are having trouble getting up and down. And uh, massage does a lot. You're not going to cure arthritis or hip dysplasia, but you can certainly increase the comfort level of the dog and make it easier for them to get up and down. Well, we've had a great show with Dr. Sue Furman, and I'm going to bring her back because we never even got to a huge part of what we were supposed to talk about today, which is these wacky animal laws. Just to give you an idea, in one state, it's illegal to give a dog whiskey or offer it a lighted cigar And uh, you're not allowed to take your French poodle to the opera either. I wonder if you can guess which state. So we'll be back next week and we'll be talking more. And eventually, as soon as I can, I'll have Dr. Sue Furman back on the show. And we'll be talking about the wacky animal laws. But I'm hoping you got a better understanding of how you can pet with purpose and how to touch 
your animals, especially your older dogs today. We'll have Dr. Sue back to talk more about pet massage in the future, too. And uh, pretty soon, I'm cooking up a new offer with her. We're going to offer something really, really different from my website. If you want to check out my website, I'm starting to build it. I'm starting to gather the things I'll be selling and the courses I'll be offering and the great offers that'll be there and nowhere else. So check it out. Sign up now. You can go there already and find out my seven things that you probably don't know about pets that are pretty cool. Quirky things. Amazing things. So check it out. Dubwolf.ca. D-E-B-W-O-L-F-E.ca. And like I said, we'll have more of Dr. Sue coming soon from Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Until next week, from me, Dub Wolf, be good to your animals. And anytime you're 